Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we'd go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Coming up on the Behind the Mic Podcast, ever wonder how we got to NFL free agency? At one point, it didn't exist. We also take a look back at undrafted Hall of Famers, as well as the best and worst free agent signings in the history of the NFL. You're behind the mic with Michael Neal Jr. All right, got my paperwork. I think I'm ready. All right, we ready, we ready. All right, let's go. NFL historians, this isn't for you. This is for those who don't know as much. So we are here to enlighten. But please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm always here to learn. Behind the Mic Podcast presented by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Come check us out. Brand new website, bellyupsports.com. News and podcast and notes and everything else you can find on there. You can find those shows. My show, you can also find on Spreaker, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Pretty much the ones that most people use and they really know about. You can check me out every Wednesday. I record on Tuesdays. It's Tuesday night. And let's go. So this show I really could have done right behind last week's show. Um, We were talking about what? Players that used to play with one team and ended up finishing their career somewhere else. And it got me thinking um, pretty much it was born out of Aaron Rodgers wanting to be out of Green Bay. And it's really, really crazy how it all came about because the one thing that I was uh, thinking about more so was what we're doing today. The history of NFL free agency, player movement. And that's pretty much the genesis of the show from yes, uh, last week. I almost said yesterday. Last week's show as well as this week's show, my notes and everything were already done, but I just had to rework some things and it made me think more about T.O. and uh, all the other players that forced their way out of somewhere else. Players of significance, players of, of um, let's just say most of them were recent, but we've had examples in other sports as well. And the first thought went directly to the NBA. And my thought is this, With sports, we don't want our athletes to have any freedom of movement, period. The NBA, NBA, more so the ones that we care most about. It's not, it's the ones who are the best of the best. That's who moves the most. Those are the ones that we think about the most. The first team that came to mind, obviously, this, this year's version of the Brooklyn Nets. You have James Harden that came over after getting fat and then deciding to play ball after he forced his way out of Houston and landed with the Brooklyn Nets. And then you had Kevin Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving the year before. He was already there. 
So you have these, what you call, super teams. And with Brooklyn, and I said this before months ago, keep this in mind. You are aware that players don't stay very long. They don't hang out in the sports arena very long, right? And not only that, think about the fact that teams, they will trade you in a hot second to get somebody better. So players, they get cut fast, and fans want to fire and hire coaches, and they want to get rid of players that don't play well. And the, and I also said this, the fact that a team would have that, that um, I said, unmitigated gall, barring that from Stephen A., to acquire a player just as well as get rid of a player in order to win and to get better as an organization and team. They want to get better. So they're going to get better players and better, better. They want to have a better team. If I'm the GM and I have a shot to get somebody that's good so that we can win, huh, I'm probably going to do it. Forget what all of y'all are talking about. I'm doing it. My job depends on this, right? We get upset about super teams. We get upset when Kevin Durant signs with the Golden State Warriors. We get upset when LeBron James puts together teams. But that's pretty much how it is these days. And we have to get used to it. We have to get over that. That's sports, okay? That's just the way it is. And sports, again, is cold. It doesn't matter. I don't care if you're a fan or media. Uh, sports is cold to athletes. And athletes can be cold back to those fans in those media members but fans they we don't want our best players to move around now if we want to get a new job we can go get it if we don't like our situation or the place that the job is where we're living just think about that we'll move we'll go get another job you know some people like a job in places where it's hot some people actually like the cold some people want to move out of those places right just think about that and we're forced to work sometimes at night and we want to work during the day. And there's some people that like to sleep during the day and work at night. If you want to change your situation, you can go get another job. It's the same thing with sports and athletes. Those athletes want to move on. And that's, that is the thought process that fans do not think about. And I don't think all media members do either. Some of them do have uh, a true head on their shoulders and they understand that player movement is probably one of the better bigger, better things that's happened to athletes of today. I'm not going to go into the history of Kurt Flood and um, pretty much ended his career because he wanted to leave his present team. Basketball has always had player movement. They've had players like I talked about on last week. Uh, me and my nephew, matter of fact, I think it was on Sunday. Yes, he was over during Mother's Day and we had a nice discussion about basketball and I know this isn't a basketball show this is NFL history right but it kind of plays into it and ties into it because it's athletes we had guys like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar who forced his way up out of Milwaukee and ended up playing for the Lakers we've had our examples of that and we also like I said we get upset um, about how teams are built and there's free agents or or, or just players that they move around and we're upset, like I said, when Kevin Durant or LeBron does it. And we don't really pay that much attention to some of the other players. Now, are these fans of these teams upset? Yeah, they don't want to see Ray Allen leave. They don't want to see, um, you know, name that player leave. Remember when Kobe was upset with his organization? They have their reasons. I still remember listening, speaking of Stephen A. Smith, listening to that interview where Kobe 
was so upset he wanted out of L.A. I'm glad he didn't leave because eventually he got back to the finals and won again. But we have all of these things. But the NFL, we don't treat it the same way. We don't look at it the same way. We don't. And the crazy thing is the offseason with the player movement, the draft, the draft out rates as far as television, playoff games and other sports. Um, that is the biggest part. People love seeing what people where where athletes are moving around to. We go live for the draft um, and, and you have shows that are dedicated just for the draft or just for free agency. Um, you know, deadline day. This is the deadline for uh for for midseason player movement and things like that. We're looking at the trade deadlines, but it, it wasn't always like this. And my whole point in this entire show is to get you up to date and show and, and show you where it used to be. And I'd like to for you to put yourself in their shoes and think, okay, if I was stuck somewhere and could never leave. Well, there's a time when it was like that. I started going down a couple of websites and just thinking back at certain teams that I remember. You could call them super teams now, but most of them were built through the draft. The 89-49ers with Montana. I mean, Steve Young um, was his backup. Jerry Rice and uh, John Taylor, Roger Craig, Britt Jones, uh, Ronnie Lott and uh, Michael Walter, Bill Romanowski, the 93 Cowboys. Y'all, you can name them. Aikman, Emma Smith, Michael Irvin, Nate Newton, Jay Novacek, Ken Norton Jr., Charles Haley, <laughs> the 72 Dolphins, Bob Greasy. This is in 1972, the undefeated team. Bob Greasy and uh, the running backs, the trifecta, Jim Kick and, uh, of course, Larry Zonka, who's the leading rusher, and Mercury Morris, Paul Warfield, who came over from the Cleveland Browns, Jim Langer, Larry Little, two Hall of Fame offensive linemen, who were that that was not their original team they weren't drafted by the uh, miami dolphins manny fernandez uh, nick bonacani norm evans all of these teams you can go through a lot of different teams that were really great but a lot of those teams were built through the draft or happenstance some of these guys and we talked about some players back in the day they were cut by their first teams before they even really got a chance talked about johnny unitas he was uh, cut by the Pittsburgh Steelers in 1955. Had no idea they had the greatest quarterback of that era on their roster. Had no idea. No idea. And we, I'm going to lay off the basketball, uh, but if you go back in history, you have to have an understanding of the way that the rules worked and the way things were in the early parts of the NFL. In the 1920s, Remember, college football was king. And as far as the NFL was concerned, it was a startup league that nobody really thought was going to hang around that much. So essentially, there was free agency. College athletes could sign anywhere that they wanted to. But remember this, not until 1936 was there a NFL draft. There was not a draft. So the best teams, again, they got some of the most of the best players and the teams that had the money to pay these guys. And here's the kicker. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The reserve rule from 1920 to 1946 is where the reserve rule was put into play. 1920 is when the NFL was the NFL. That was its inception. Let me explain the, the, the rule real fast. The rule basically kept the player on their team indefinitely. You weren't able to sign somewhere else until they got tired of you. Then they let you go. Oh, okay. Then comes 1947, the one-year option rule. That was next up from 1947 to 1962. Basically, and this is via NFL.com, giving credit to the NFL media research team, the reserve rule gave teams the right to re-sign its players all the time. I mean, the reserve rule did. Well, the one-year option rule basically allow teams to use a reserve clause one time at the expiration of a player's contract. But after that player's contract uh, expired, then you go into the option year that could not contain that reserve clause. So you couldn't keep them forever, right? Well, there was one door that was open. One time a door was open for a player to negotiate with another team when his contract expired only one time, then you were truly a free agent and they can sign anywhere for the first time ever. But not until 19, 1961 did someone actually do this. During this time, uh, in 1961, wide receiver R.C. Owens, who played for the San Francisco 49ers, he finally decided, okay, I think I'm going to sign with somewhere else. And it would have been, it ended up being the Baltimore Colts. The owner of the San Francisco 49ers was not pleased. And obviously, he pitched one. He was not happy because he lost one of his best players. So what did they do? This little thing called the Roselle Rule. What is that named after? It's named after my man, the commissioner, the longtime NFL commissioner at the time, Pete Roselle. Now, this rule was ridiculous, okay? Um... Basically, what the Roselle rule said is that, okay, so if a player wants to leave and sign as a free agent somewhere else, well, if the teams couldn't come to an agreement on draft picks or whatever kind of comp compensation that the team losing the player was going to get, then Roselle got to make that decision. Oh, okay, so Mike Neal, you're going to sign for, with the, ten you're leaving the Tennessee Titans and you're going to sign with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, if the team, two teams can't come to an agreement, Pete Rozelle stops, uh, stops by and says, well, this is what's going to happen. Pittsburgh, you're going to give your team, give, give Tennessee, uh, let's say, a first-round draft pick and probably cash or something like that. Okay. Or, or And a player. Well, there was some ridiculousness that went on because of that. Here's an example. New Orleans lost a wide receiver named Dave Parks, who only caught 26 passes. Let me make sure I got this right. 
he left San Francisco to go to New Orleans. And because the teams couldn't come to an agreement, here's what happened. The San Francisco 49ers ended up getting two first-round picks from the New Orleans Saints. Well, I mean, I hadn't really heard of Dave Parks before uh, as far as his career. I mean, he he was good. He was a three-time Pro Bowler and a two-time first-team All-Pro. Um, he's in the College Football Hall of Fame, but he's not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So he was a decent receiver. But here's the catch. The dude caught 26 passes the year before. So you're going to give God. San Francisco ends up getting two first-round draft picks for a guy that caught 26 passes. Can you imagine that happening today? I mean, seriously, think, just think about that. A guy, you're going to give up two first-rounders? I don't need to say anything else. Um, but during this time of the Roselle rule, and it wasn't exactly the most popular time for play, players to be moving around, and the reason for that is... Uh, it was just too hard as a free agent because teams, like I said, had to come to terms. Only 34 players actually moved on during that time from 63 to 76. 14 years. That's an average of what? Two players a year? Almost three players a year? So that led to another, uh, another rule, so to speak. The right of first refusal and compensation. This was from 1977 to 1988. John Mackey, who was a Hall of Fame tight end for the Baltimore Colts, he, just to put it this way, he's you know first uh, NFL PA president, African American. Let's go. Um, he won the case, John Mackey versus the NFL. P- pretty much the players versus the NFL. They won uh, a, a suit, and basically. This rule was in place, put in place because of it. What did it mean? Free agents, their their original team, could match an offer, as well as draft compensation. So when they uh, were to go on and move somewhere else, it's this basically took the commissioner out of the equation. Pete Rosell, you sit over there. We'll take care of this business. And then all of these these moves were based on the player's experience, how many years he's played, as well as his new salary. Eventually, down the pike came Plan B. This was from 1989 to 1992, very short stint. This got a little bit closer to what we know today, and we got to see some of the first, uh, just call it, you got to see some of the first indications or these first examples of what would become free agency as we know it today what plan b did though this was you had back then they had 47 man rosters not 53 like now right 37 of those players would be protected by their team 10 that remained on that uh those remaining 10 put it that way that gave their team a chance to re-sign them but there were some that were left unprotected. Just for an example. Now, I talked about last week about playing the game of Tecmo Bowl. And one of the things that I longed for, but now I understand it a whole lot better now, long for the days where I could name my team from start to finish, right? Well, this was a part of the reason why uh, I just did not like free agency. I used to be a 49ers fan. And some of my favorite players that were on their team, Ronnie Lott and Roger Craig, ended up leaving 
via Plan B free agency. They signed with other, with the Los Angeles Raiders, as a matter of fact, um, in 1991. So you lose some players that go unprotected. A lot of those teams, uh, they they had a, a lot of players that they would just leave out there. Most of them were older players, the guys who were in their 30s, right? So you want to keep the younger guys. Again, you see that happening. Players getting cut and some guys not getting extended, uh, whether it be because of their play, but really because of their age. If anyone remembers Otis Anderson, who was a longtime um, uh, Cardinal, ended up playing for the New York Giants, backing up, I think at the time it was uh, Hampton. Ah, oh, God, I can't remember the, the, the Rodney Hampton. The New York Giants running back, he was the starter, and I think he went down hurt or whatnot, and in comes the old man in his practice pants back in 1990. Um, they won Super Bowl 25 that year. That was the year that Whitney Houston sung the greatest national anthem ever. Uh, after they won that Super Bowl, then this guy was, what, 34, 35 or something like that. Even though he won the MVP and, and helped carry them through the playoffs, he was left unprotected. Again, sports is cold. The reality is you have to produce or you'll be out the door. He was left unprotected, and obviously he didn't continue to be a New York Giants. So after that, in 92, you had some of these Plan B players that started moving on. You had guys like Keith Jackson who played for the Philadelphia Eagles and moved on to Miami, the Miami Dolphins. Or Wester Slaughter, who was a longtime staple with the Cleveland Browns and ended up playing with Warren Moon and uh, the Houston um, the Houston Oilers, now Tennessee Titans. But then it came the year 1993. That was the big one. In 93, Plan B was basically taken out of the equation and enter NFL free agency. Veterans with five years, now reduced to four, veterans with five or four years of experience with an expired contract were basically made unrestricted or became unrestricted free agents. Reggie White was the first one to take advantage of this. He signed the big deal at the time. It was the biggest deal in uh, for a defender. It was like four years, 17 million. He was probably the greatest defensive lineman ever. Went on to, the to sign with the Green Bay Packers and a couple of years later, Ended up winning the Super Bowl. Could have arguably been the MVP instead of Desmond Howard. We get to Desmond later on in the show, second half. But um, the 94 happened. They insert the salary cap. The salary cap basically was instituted to balance out all of these players that were going to be moving. So you went to no players moving, to just a few players moving, to everybody and their parents moving. That's how we got here. Keep this in mind. Some of these players, they were stuck in situations. They may not, uh, they may not have liked their coaches or disagreed uh, with their living conditions. They may have wanted to move a little further south. I'll bet a lot of them, they probably want to move on because of the team that they were playing on. They wanted to play on a better team. I mean, R.C. Owens ended up going to a better organization with the Baltimore Colts. But um, between them and the Green Bay Packers, where were you signed? So um, a lot of these players, they want to move on and understand that. But when 93 happened, you have more player movement. Year after year after year, as you got closer 
to the 2000s, you got to see more of those players start to change teams. But here's what I noticed and what you should notice. Those long-term dynasties started going away. The last one was pretty much Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys. If you go back and just look at the Super Bowl winners by, by themselves, you, I mean, a dynasty was lasting, what, you know, four, six years or something like that, and teams stayed together. The Packers won three championships in a row back in the 60s, um, including two Super Bowl champions championships. Um, you had the dynasty of the 70s, the Steelers, the dynasty of the 80s, the 49ers, and it was kind of spread out. But it was the 90s where all of that stuff really went away. Look at all the teams that won the Super Bowl between that year all the way up to now. Green Bay, the Denver Broncos, St. Louis Rams, Baltimore Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers, New York Giants, New Orleans Saints, the Seattle Seahawks, Philadelphia Eagles, Kansas City, the Chiefs won. Tampa Bay last year. But the New England Patriots, they were the early, the 2000s dynasty. And remember, they had that, that several-year gap in the middle where they didn't win the Super Bowl until their second half of their Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, Robert Kraft-led uh, dynasty that went back and, and won a couple except for the Eagles game. But they at least went back and they were winning. I, that's why I'm more just as impressed with New England now more than ever because they did that in the, in the era where nobody was sticking around. Bill Walsh got to keep his quarterbacks and most of his running backs and linemen, the guys on defense. And, you know, you look at the 60s Packers and, and the 70s uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Those teams, you can name them up and down the roster. You knew who they were. Why? Because they stayed in place. Only a couple of players moved on. We talked about this last week, how, you know, they, they used you up until um, you pretty much couldn't do it anymore. I understand that. 12 years. Of being a Pittsburgh Steeler, Franco Harris, you a Hall of Famer. Last year he spent where? Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment, bedsheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bedsheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. In Seattle. Same thing, Tony Dorsett. 12 years with the Cowboys his last year. He spent in Denver and couldn't come back because of knee injuries, right? To be totally honest, I'm surprised 
when players stay for the long haul. Um, you have guys like Larry Fitzgerald that stuck with the Cardinals. He's sticking with the Cardinals for his entire career. You don't see that anymore. Going back to the NBA, Dame Lillard, he says he does not want to leave Portland. We'll see how that works out um, because players these days, they change teams like they change draws. Free agency is how teams get better. It's not always through the draft. I know we get excited about the draft, and it's great. I love it. Um, I never miss it. But a lot of these teams, I mean, draft your quarterback. Um, if you can't draft one, if you catch one right there at the end of the good part of his career, Peyton Manning, then you could probably get some uh, uh, some good years, last two, three good years, and maybe win a Super Bowl throwing nine touchdowns and 17 interceptions. Uh, Marcus Allen, I forgot all about him last week. He was one of the ones that surprised me the most in division, being a lifetime Raider uh, for the L.A. Raiders, and then he goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, that was a free agent signing um, that was worth it. I mean, he he squares the last of his uh, running skills and, and receiving skills out, just like they did Joe Montana. I mean, they they got to the AFC Championship game, at least, and they made the playoffs. So, I mean, it's great. It's great to see that, um, although it's still weird, like we said last week, to see some of these guys change teams and be in an entirely different uniform. Um, probably, I don't think it gets – it doesn't really get old, but when you have someone like Tom Brady switch up after playing that many years – but to win the Super Bowl in that uniform, at least he looked good in those colors. At least. All right, so we're going to wrap this show up, and we're going to wrap it with, we're going to take a look, first of all, of Hall of Fame undrafted free agents and then also the best and worst free agent signings in the history of the league. Some of these, they were really, they were really bad. They really were. All right, kick the music. So, Hall of Famers, I got my papers. I'm prepared. So, first of all, we have to start here. Some of the best free agent signings, again, it's it's not all about the draft. And some of these guys that you sign or trade for, they could turn out to be really good. And you had no idea. And we know about some of the ones that have been on television even lately. You have guys like Kirk Warner. Hall of Famers. There are 17 Hall of Famers. There are 17 Hall of Famers that went undrafted. First one, Kurt Warner. We know he was back in groceries and playing for the Iowa Barnstormers before he got the call to go play for, for the St. Louis Rams. All he did was get to two Super Bowls with two different teams, and he won one and led one of the great, well, the greatest show on turf, one of the greatest NFL offenses ever. And he was the trigger man for it. Um, and going all the way back to the day. Now, again, we had reintegration in 1946 because there was a nice gap where there were no African-American players. The first African-American to ever be named to the Hall of Fame, Elman Tunnel. He played defensive back for the New York Giants. He was a free agent, undrafted free agent signing. Okay. The draft started in 1936, so he wasn't drafted. Marion Molly, the second African-American to be named 
to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Running back for the Cleveland Browns, great player, Hall of Famer. And he he did his thing being an undrafted free agent. He ended up with the uh, Cleveland Browns um, in the other league, the All-American uh, Football Conference before it went to the NFL in 1950. Won a lot of championships in a row. Dick Knight trained Lane, defensive back for the Detroit Lions. 14 picks his rookie year. Nobody has done that. All these great athletes, nobody has ever picked off 14 passes in the season. We've had some double-digit guys, but nobody's picked off more than Night Train Lane. Go back to the Browns, Lou Latoe Groza, undrafted. Willie Wood, defensive back for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, Kansas City Chiefs. For they, play, they beat the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl one. Uh, Willie Wood, defensive back for the Green Bay Packers, undrafted. We talked about Warren Moon throwing for nearly 50,000 yards after spending six years in the CFL and the guy comes signs with the Houston Oilers becoming one of the greatest passers in the history of pro football free agent free agent let's go back in the day again Joe Perry the first guy to ever run for first running back to ever run back-to-back years for a thousand yards undrafted and then we get back uh current how many Viking fans out there remember John Randall undrafted now, I, I read this on Wikipedia, okay? Let me see if I get the story straight. He had to be 250 pounds. He was around 244 to make the team. So he gets on a scale with some chains hidden under his shorts in order to make the weight. I don't know if that's true or not. That's well, that, that that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> I think he was trying to make the Buccaneers because his brother played for years for the Bucks, Tampa Bay Bucks didn't make that that didn't work out let's just say that but the Vikings signed him all he became was a Hall of Famer seven-time Pro Bowler six-time first team All-Pro and finished his career as an undersized defensive lineman with 137 and a half sacks what now to the best free agent signings we know about Drew Brees going from San Diego to the uh, New Orleans Saints we know about Reggie White just talked about him Peyton Manning, we know all the years he put in with the Indianapolis Colts. He was a Hall of Famer just playing with them alone. And then to sign with Denver and throwing for an NFL record, what, 55 touchdown passes in a season and throwing for all those yards. Uh, they didn't win until his last year when his arm was literally hanging off. But that was a great free agent signing. We just saw who Lot would say is the new GOAT Tom Brady, at least the GOAT of this generation, he goes from all those years in uh, New England and in his first year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wins the Super Bowl. Happenstance, a little luck there. Well, they won it. People talk about that stuff like it's easy. I don't understand that mentality. Yes, things do have to fall your way. And if I go through history, and I will one day, and, and tell you a, a give you details of games of what could have or what would have would have could have should have then there's a lot of teams that wouldn't be hoisting the Lombardi trophy bank on that Shannon um Shannon Sharp he was a great I, I can't remember how he ended up in Baltimore I don't remember if it was a trade I don't think it was a trade I think he signed as a free agent his last play as a Denver Bronco I do remember and I was upset Shay Shay got hit in that knee on a touchdown reception and tore up his knee he ended up with Baltimore, and then a couple of years later, he wins another Super Bowl. 
So that's pretty good. The 2000 Ravens he ends up with the Ravens. That was great. Deion Sanders, I talked about him last week. I mean, the dude was a genius. He looked like a genius. He spent all that time in the black capital of the world, Atlanta, and ends up signing with the San Francisco 49ers. Business-like team, had no idea that this fun guy was going to come in with a business-like team, and they won. Uh, but that team was loaded with a lot of, uh, the 94 team, that is, that won the Super Bowl, beat the trash out of the San Diego Chargers at the time, 49ers 26. And, and look, it wasn't even that close. I still got that game on videotape. That team was loaded with a lot, a lot of free agents. Let me see if y'all recognize any of these names on defense. This, These guys were playing for the 49ers. This is for only those who know these. Richard Dent, Chicago Bears. Tim Harris, Green Bay Packers. Ricky Jackson and Toy Cook, who came over from the rival, the division rival Saints. Charles Mann, the Washington football team. Tim McDonald played for the Cardinals. And of course, Ken Norton Jr., who was with the Dallas Cowboys the year before. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, and y'all don't know Gary Plummer, but he was a linebacker for a while for the San Diego Chargers. I'm sure he took joy in beating, beating that team uh, that day. Anyway, continuing the list, Stephon Gilmore, Spent all those years with the um, the uh, the Buffalo Bills. Ends up with the New England Patriots. Wins Defensive Player of the Year in 2019. It's pretty good for a cornerback. Charles Woodson, Raiders, to the pack, and hoist the Lombardi Trophy. Hated that he got hurt in that game in Dallas. Ah, being a Steelers fan, that hurt me, though, because um, we lost that game. Anyway, Rod Woodson, longtime Steeler. Where did he end up? Yeah. Longtime Steeler, he ended up playing for the Ravens, um, and he also played with the San Francisco 49ers for a while, and the Raiders. Jim Plunkett, another one of uh, those great stories, a comeback story. He's not a Hall of Famer in my opinion, but if he got in, I wouldn't, I wouldn't scoff at it. First pick of the draft in 1970, did not work out with the Patriots, ended up bouncing to the 49ers, and then as a backup with the Raiders, Dan Pastorini goes down broken leg, and the rest, they say, is history. He wins two Super Bowls as the starting quarterback for the Raiders. Pretty good. And won MVP in 1980, in that 1980 Super Bowl. Rich Gannon, I didn't understand that. I, I, I didn't pay him enough attention when he was a Minnesota Viking. And he ends up winning the NFL MVP as a Raider. I'm like, who is this dude? This quarterback ends up being this good? What happened with the Vikings? I, well, just... Not not a good enough team. Clearly not a good enough team. Another great free agent signing, Jerry Rice. That was one of two reasons that Rich Gannon won the MVP. He got a Hall of Famer at the age of 40 who's catching 92 passes and, and still going for 1,200 yards as a 40-year-old wide receiver. Sorry, greatest ever. James Harrison, we know his, his story with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Just couldn't. Uh, couldn't make a team, and then all of a sudden he made the team and borderline Hall of Famer. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer or not. Uh, eh, uh. Borderline, borderline. And then honorable mention, Curtis Martin, Hall of Fame. I think, yeah, Kurt, Curtis is in the Hall of Fame. I think he is. New England Patriots to the Jets, he got in. This one I liked. 
but nobody remembers this, I don't think. Priest Holmes, he was the backup with, with uh, Shannon Sharp and, and those Ravens, that, that great defense. He was the backup running back for the Baltimore Ravens to Jamal Lewis. Ends up with the Kansas City Chiefs. He signs a five-year, $8.5 million contract. And all he gave them was 76 touchdowns. Nobody had more touchdowns in that span. That dude was, oh, God, he was awesome. He was awesome running back. He really was. And you got your good ones, and then you got your bad signings. We're going to wrap it with these guys. I'll just name, I got six names written down. All right, a part of that Vince Young, quote-unquote, dream team. Javon Curse disappeared when he left the Tennessee Titans. Great rookie out of the University of Florida. The freak, he was great. Just a sack master. I don't know what happened, man. The dude just disappeared. He got to Philadelphia, and it, it, I, I, I don't know. It, he just disappeared. And these guys, they get this money, and they just turn it off sometimes. And some of them... I don't know what it is. Maybe it's injuries. It's a lot of different things. Albert Hainsworth, he also left Tennessee. Had that $100 million contract. He started 12 games for Washington. Hmm. How many Cowboy fans remember Larry Brown? He was decent as a corner. He was decent. One Super Bowl MVP for uh, Neil O'Donnell literally handing him the football twice and setting up two scores for the Dallas Cowboys to win that game. If it hadn't been for him picking those balls off, I don't know if Dallas wins that game because Pittsburgh had the second half momentum except for those two plays. Larry Brown sounds a, sounds a big deal with the Raiders, the LA Raiders. He started one game. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> and speaking of the Raiders, Desmond Howard, yeah, he was a bust. My man was a bust with the Washington football team. Ends up with the Packers win Super Bowl MVP in Super Bowl 31. And then he disappears with the Raiders again. Go figure. Speaking of the Raiders, Nambi Asamoah. He's an up-and-coming actor, isn't he? Well, he was a pretty good corner for those Raiders. And he joined the Dream Team as well. Philadelphia Eagles, and I think they won all the four games. It, it wasn't good. Whatever the record was, it was not good, and they broke that up. Nambi fell off, off. I don't know. It was something about Philadelphia. I have nothing against the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't. But that year, I don't know if that team was just cursed or what. And speaking of that, DeMarco Murray with the Dallas Cowboys spent all those years uh, on again, off again, hurt. He finally leads the league in rushing with over 1,800 yards. Ends up with the Philadelphia Eagles, the division rival, disappeared. That offensive line was important, wasn't it, DeMarco? It was. Then he signs here with the Titans and uh, kind of revamps his career a little bit and ends up retiring. But uh, look, at free agency and player movement, it's just all interesting. It's, it's really crazy the way those things happen. And if you keep up, and I know there's plenty of people that keep up, but if you just go back and you look at the way history shows you the up and up and down way that all of this came about look at last year's super bowl champion the tampa bay buccaneers nearly half of their roster didn't even know that nearly half of their roster were free agents it's crazy not draft picks free agents I mean, led by Tom Brady and Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette, 
Gronk, Dominican Sue. I mean, it happens. It really does happen. Well, all right, that's a wrap. Um, I'm out of here. Look, uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Behind the Mic Podcast. Again, you know exactly where to find me. And if you don't by now, shame on you. Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and all of that great stuff. Visit us, Billy Up Sports, BillyUpSports.com, Billy Up Sports Podcast Network. Tell your friends. You better listen to the show. I'll find your house out. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.